Oh, yeah, so I now have a new, what's the right word, like, trigger topic or something, courtesy of the internet. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so I'm not sure where it came from, but, like, um, remember the Judgment Eye back for the PS3, that, like, that card game that you put on a board and, like, it would make the monsters pop out of the cards, Yu-Gi-Oh! style on, um, like, it, it wasn't a good game. Is, like, it, is this, like, um... Highlanders, kind of? Kind so, of. It, or at it, least similar in concept? It was called Judgment Eye. I mean, we're not podcasting yet. I can Google this. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was called Judgment Eye. It was this stupid, like, camera thing you hooked into your PS3, and it was a game, and it was cool. It was part of, like, the PS3 revealed them. It was like, look what we're doing. And I played it once, and I'm like, fuck this. This isn't even fun. I'm going back to playing Yu-Gi-Oh! That's where real men throw down, except those <laughs> that play Magic. But I'm not that big a nerd yet. I started playing Magic. But oh, now I see this. It's it's Eye of Judgment. Sorry, you're right. Eye of Judgment, 3. not Judgment Eye. You're right, you're right. Eye of Judgment. Well, so I, I guess some people started using that technology for phones, and people I know keep posting these bullshit articles about these, like, there's, I guess, at least one or two games after these similar tech where it's like, hey, you play the card, and it pops out of the card. It's like, it's an AR thing. And it's like, look at this new cutting-edge technology. And because I am me, every time I see this, my girlfriend has this great look. She looks at me and goes, you just saw another Judgment Eye thing, didn't you? And I go, yes. You got to be okay? No. You got to <laughs> tell them it's not new technology. It's existed since, like, 2009. Maybe a little bit. You want to yell at well, something? Well, the video quickly? I'm looking at is uploaded 2006. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> it's been around. What's kind of like hilarious and sad for me at the same time is this style of card game that's like. All right, so the initial release of this thing is October 24th, 2007. Mm-hmm. So there, there's your date that you can slap on this thing when you belittle people. Yeah. And, um,. I have only encountered one card game that I've ever really played that I really felt like being like geographically important improved the game. Yeah. Like normally I'm very I'm very personal like this is my side of the field, that's your side of the field. Things being on the left or right and like there being center and zones and stuff can get a little too technical and in the weeds and a lot of the games that have this aren't exactly well balanced yeah no and like for for reference the game i'm talking about the eye of judgment was a pretty basic like yep we're ripping off magic the gathering game like they're yes they weren't bringing much into the table it was the augmented reality thing and that's the issue that's part i have issue with like shitty card games that are like magic or ripping off Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon come out all the fucking time and i don't care oh, like, yeah. some of them i think have cooler art than magic with some frequency if you go because, back far if you go back far enough even magic had a card game competing with magic yeah like magic ripped off something at some point Mm-hmm. No one has original ideas when it comes to board games, really. But, like, it's like, oh, it's new tech. Look, it's AR. And every time I see that, I'm like, it's not! <laughs> Just because you've never heard of this before doesn't mean nerds like me aren't fucking over this technology. I've known about this bullshit for fucking years and yeah it's on a fucking phone but i have to click the new fucking card game and download the app and i bet there's micro fucking transactions and oh i have to find some other fucking nerd to play it against i like like oh i can meet him some barbie like hey you want to see my deck it's three-dimensional on my phone no one's gonna talk to me if i do that like 
unless you're doing it with Magic the fucking Gathering cards, or Yu-Gi-Oh, or Pokemon, fuck the fuck right off. I don't care if I... Oh, we're making a new game! There's room for three fucking collectible card games in the world, and yours isn't one of them. It missed the boat! I wanted to see you drink bourbon more often. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, the official podcast of Something Wicked Studios, a YouTube channel, so I'm told. I am Jeff and I am joined by my like co-conspirator, um, person who gets me in trouble a lot. No, we can't break into that vault. No, that's too many orphans. Charlie. Jeff, we, we both know no vault can stop me. I will get in that vault. <laughs> Orphans, they stop me, but vaults, that shit is my jam. <laughs> oh my god. I, now I want to figure out, like, what is within that vault that you desire so greatly? I mean, other than clearly just anything that I want so that you can take it from me, and anything that, like, what, what is your purpose? Well, I wanted to see Jeff cry. That, that, that was my character motivation for this. I, I take great joy in opening things that weren't meant to be opened. Like, the, the idea of having to force open a safe actually sounds like a really fun way to spend a couple hours, as much as it might be frustrating. Like, the mm -hmm. process of, like, zip-wheeling off a set of hinges or something as you get into a safe actually sounds like a lot of fun, because it's like, I get to destroy <laughs> something... And then I get to open it. It's like it's it's like super ridiculous industrial Christmas at that point. It could be nothing, but then it's nothing, and I know, like, I know that there's nothing in there before anyone else does. I think that there should be something like there should be like a Twix bar or something like totally satisfying, but not worth the effort. So it's just like, hey, I got a Twix bar yeah. and several hours spent on something I greatly enjoy. Yeah, like I, the process of breaking into a safe either involves lockpicking, a hobby I very much enjoy, or like mm, destruction definitely. of stuff with hammers and zip wheels and grinding discs and jackhammers. Another hobby I very much enjoy. So it's kind of a win-win. It's like, oh, you could be subtle. I ain't no thief. I'm getting that safe open. <laughs> but uh, stealing our, shit? I ain't no thief, but uh, I may be a wanted man, so... <laughs> not in California. Not, not in California. <laughs> this is not known to cause cancer or prevent any disease in California. Or whatever it says on various products. I mean, like, every restaurant here, it's like, being in this restaurant may cause cancer, expose you to gluten, and bring down your feels. Bring down your feels? We're sorry. <laughs> I can make some connections here, and I'm not going to, because I don't need to get myself in trouble. Um, <laughs> so on that note, how was your week? Not bad. I... Not bad at all, despite being busy. I got some serious-ass gaming done since we last recorded a podcast. Uh, so, awesome. Yeah, so Halloween happened, which meant I I was initially going to try and do a live stream for that. Because we circle-jerked so hard over Dead Space, actually. I'm like, maybe I should just play Dead Space. But because of work, it didn't wind up happening. And as a result, I tried out the Grand Theft Auto Online Halloween event. And it kind of sucked. Mm -hmm. I 
I may be a wee bit over Grand Theft Auto Online, actually. I, I think I hit my wall of, right, this is just open-world bullshit, and I'm not sure I have enough tolerance for this. Like, I, I really get the appeal of that game, and don't get me wrong, I wish that game appealed to me more, but at the same time, it's like, everything's technically a fetch quest. I'm playing on PC, which means... Uh, the um, targeting assist that happens with controllers gets turned off everywhere, which I don't mind, but it really sucks when it's like, no, no, I don't have the precision of a mouse. Stop it. Like, this is... Are we playing a competitive mode? No? Then let me have my goddamn aim assist, please. Like, it, it only benefits you. Why would you turn this off? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, the, the mode for this was, like, either playing as an angel or a demon, and... The um, day-night cycle is on, like, a one-minute switch, and your kills only count if it's during your time of day, and I, it's neat, but I, it's not different enough. It's like, yep, this is still Team Deathmatch with weird arbitrary rules that aren't super obvious initially and don't make this necessarily that much more fun. Mm -hmm. But, nah. On the happier side, though... um. Uh, the last episode of Hitman came out, the, um, uh, the one that takes it in Hokkaido, one of my favorite parts of Japan, that's kind of the northern, more secluded island that no one ever talks about in anime or video games, because it's kind of like, yep, this is also part of Japan, and, and not much happens here, why? It's kind of like the country of Japan, and by that I mean, mm -hmm. like, the, the nature part of the country, where it's like, yep, there's trees and suburbs and stuff up here, it's not Tokyo. Well. This is going to be one of those pardon my ignorance moments because my understanding of Japanese history is very, very limited. But I believe, wasn't Japan kind of inhabited pretty much from the south northward because the earliest settlers really came over from China-ish? Don't know and if you're right or wrong on that. North. What I do know is that for a period of time, the culture and tribes and stuff of Hokkaido were different than the rest of Japan. Yeah, because if that's the case... Anytime you want to make an anime about, you know, ancient feudal Japan, Hokkaido would be the least likely to be populated at during those time periods if they started southward and moved northward. I, from the time I was there, I got the impression it's been inhabited for kind of as long as Japan's been inhabited, but I yeah, I don't I'm going know. with I'm sorry if I'm wrong about no, all this. No, I, I got the impression actually speculation that the, and something I'm forgetting my history. Yeah, I, I get the impression actually that the that the inhabitants, like the native inhabitants, the original inhabitants of Hokkaido, like predate a big chunk of the rest of Japan, actually. Like, it's like, nope, we were here. I mean, they could have burnt the candle at both ends, and they never, they didn't meet each other for a while. No, it makes, possible that sounds possible. I think they're, like, they're darker of complexion, and they're taller, too, natively or something. Maybe. I, I could remember things I completely wrong. I just know that they, it's like, no, it's, there is native Hokkaidans, and they are different than typical Japanese. Huh. Yeah. Today I learned. Yeah, like little things like um culturally they go back and the women used to tattoo like weird must like not weird but like mustache shaped tattoos on their faces above their lips like it's things I'm like that's a thing in Japan not really but it was a thing way back when huh cool hmm. like it's the place if you wanted to see like real ass snow you'd go to because it's the northern island that when you mm -hmm. look at a map you don't register as an island until you go they're like oh crap this is an island this is indeed separate like a plane is taken to get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying, I'm also going to go on a limb here and say you have visited Hokkaido. I have been to Hokkaido. It's where lots of hot springs are and other stuff. But, yeah, I 
when I was in Japan, one of the times I've been there, I got to go to Hokkaido. And is it my favorite part of Japan? No. Is it the part of Japan if you said, like, hey, you have to live anywhere but Tokyo, where do you live? I'd pick Hokkaido in a heartbeat because it's like, this is kind of like the weird Boston equivalent of Japan, as best I can tell. How? Or, I need to hear this metaphor explained. Um, I, a lot more kind of like, yep, there's nature. It's it's not Tokyo-level city. It's very kind of like suburby feeling. But in kind of like, yep, you're like, it's not un settled it's just like yep we have space and people fish for a living up here and we're not like it's the majority of industries not business it's like machinery and shit like that mm -hmm. like it's got this bit it's got a kind of like yep people absolutely fucking live here feeling without feeling like a giant fuck off city maybe it's the more kind it's of a, blue collarish. yeah no that's that's actually probably the best way of putting it like, you had to have a car because it's like, yep, this is the town. The next town is, like, 20 minutes away. Hmm. It's on a cool-ass road, cool. but yeah. I, I understand your metaphor now. Yes. Maybe more Massachusetts <clears throat> than Boston, necessarily. But, yeah, it, it, it's like if Tokyo is the... If you compare Tokyo to New York, where it's, like, fucking urban sprawl that overshadows everything around it, in theory, it's like, give us another island where it's like, yeah, it's... We're... Stuff happens up here. We have lots of stuff. We have a couple baseball teams. Like, you can go to Tokyo whenever you want, but, yeah. We hmm. deep fried potatoes whole. They're awesome. Ooh, I like that idea. Real good. It's like a blooming onion, but a potato. It's really good. Like a whole fucking baked potato, just deep fried, no skin. It's really good. <laughs> wow, that sounds baller. Why have we not been working on that this entire time? I don't know, but, yeah. In and out. You're doing it wrong. You, I know you deep fry it there in front of us. Don't slice it. Well, in and out. <laughs> Skip a step. You shouldn't be eating in and out French fries anyway, but that's a separate topic. <laughs> I forget which professional League of Legends player I was reading an interview, uh, an interview with. It might have been Smeb or somebody like that. They was saying in and out was bullshit, and that it they is. liked some. There was some other. Or, they said Steak and Shake was great and In-N-Out was bullshit, and I thought that was I, hilarious coming from a professional Korean player. I, uh, steak and Shake is more expensive and absolutely more kind of annoyingly corporate than In-N-Out is, but In-N-Out prints like John 13 on my milkshakes has undefendably terrible French fries, and, like, do they make a fine burger? Sure, if you're comparing it to, like, McDonald's or Burger King. Wendy's is better than In-N-Out. It's just not California-based, so it's not like, oh, it's it's part of our culture. Meh. As someone who's never been to this establishment, I And I will never take no you, because I refuse to support In-N-Out. Like, <laughs> I, I have gone friends where it's like, this is it, and I'm like, yes, this is all In-N-Out is. Like, it's fine, but not great. Welcome to California. Mm -hmm. People here think this is like, will save you from cancer. It will give you cancer. <laughs> There's a fucking bullshit secret menu that like, oh, the best items on the menu are on a secret menu that everyone knows about. So fucking add it to your normal ass menu. You're not cool anymore. Mm -hmm. Grow up. But Hitman. But Hitman. But Hitman, yeah. So uh, the final chapter of that came out. It takes place in Hokkaido at the Gamma Medical Facility. And uh, it's it's a bit of a weird one because initially I was like, 
okay, this is easier than the Colorado like militia base one was, which initially I wasn't quite sure how to feel about because I really liked how just kind of aggressively hard and in your face that whole mission was, where it's like, fuck, everything about this is hard, like it's taken everything I've enjoyed doing in this game, kind of turned on its head, and they drop you in the Gambit Institute. This is, this is very laid back, smaller, much smaller actually, kind of maze-like environment that like there's no doors to pick, you have no equipment, and initially I'm like, really, you're going to go, you're, this is how you end the season? Like you could have gone out in this crazy difficult mission. Like, no, no. This is equally hard, but it's making you fall back on all of the skills you've picked up. Like, was the Colorado one harder? Yes. But it was harder because it was like, you have to react all the time. This was like, we have some really cool stuff you can do, but you have to plan. You have to play it smart. You have to play it slow and hitman-y. Like, you have to take a step back, map the environment, wander around for half an hour, like, get a lay of the land, figure out the door system, check out the maze, map your escape routes, like, collect some intel, because you have no gear. Hmm. Now, I, I... I have loved that Hitman did this whole episodic, like, releasing them over the year thing. It's kept me playing that game. I, I've loved every mission of that game. Like, literally, I heard that game... Was it's like oh we released the fifth we released the final chapter I'm like oh shit gotta stop playing Titanfall to play this now I'm like Hitman time. We'll talk about Titanfall in a second. Yeah, it's and they've officially called it the end of the first season, which is fucking awesome because I want a second season that's episodic where it's like hey it's been a month you want to play more Hitman? Yes, have some more Hitman. Hmm. Interesting to see you be on the on the side of episodic releases. I'm not necessarily against episodic. I think what it does for this game is it keeps you engaged in a way that, like, if I had just played this the way I might normally, which is just, like, fucking burn through the story missions, I wouldn't have gone back and tried all of the, like, opportunities. I wouldn't have played around with the variety of systems the game has. So, like, by the Colorado mission and by this one, I was, like, super toned in on the correct way to play this game and like what my style was and how I went about missions so I'm like okay we're gonna wander we're gonna map I like this opportunity I'm gonna kill someone with yoga that sounds fucking awesome how do I do this mm -hmm. they do do a great job in those games presenting you know there are 13 different ways to accomplish this game we will record or there are 13 ways we picked to reward you for. Yeah. There are countless others you can accomplish. No, this and way. that's and that's the best thing where it's like we it's like we've set up some really cool fantastic moments. They are not necessarily the best, but they are kind of fun cinematic story kills you can do. There are a ton of other ways you can do this though, and I I think Hitman will be a very strong game of the year contender for me because of the episodic stuff because I had more time. I'm like, okay, I finished the level. It takes about an hour, half hour kind of thing. I'm like, okay, that's done. I go right back in and start playing around the other stuff. Like, okay, I've cleared this. I saw the next story mission. Now it's time to have some fun. Like, for instance, I used the um, yoga kill and destroying the heart kill in this one. I forwent the killing someone with an AI-controlled machine robot thing and killing them with sushi because I'm like, I need to see what a yoga murder's like. I need to see this. We'll come mm -hmm. back for you, sushi kill, though. Undead sushi, the uh, 
from the creators of what Machine Gun Girl? No, it's it's not that abstract. It's not that weird. It's um. Oh, it's I know. Fubu. I'm it's... I'm intentionally going down the rabbit hole. This is a movie I'm referencing. No, no, I know. But it's one of those things where kind of like it's the we're in Japan. I need to I'm kill someone dead. with puffer fish with puffer fish sushi. Like this is how <laughs> it has to go down. Nice. Yeah. No. It's I. That game. I thought. The oh, first it's season. It's of, just dead sushi. Yeah, no, that that sushi, that that not sushi. That this the first season of Hitman uh, is a very strong contender for me for game of the year. Like it's that that game is amazing. It does everything so well. They took some risks with the episodic nature of it, and I think it pays off for them in just amazing ways. Like I, we talked last week about like don't be adverse to take risks. I think this was an interesting approach. Where it's like yeah, we're. Like you, you can buy the complete collection now in a couple weeks. You, you are missing out on what made the whole experience so awesome because you can just play through the entire thing. You won't get like intimate and involved with the levels. Like, I know the clockwork mechanisms for all of the levels now by heart. Where it's like, oh, did you try this? You can do that. Yeah, you can. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I. Final chapters out. I think like the game of the year actual release, like complete editions coming out soonish. Which, if you're on the, <laughs> excuse me, that might not be a bad way to experience Hitman. If you're like into sitting down for, there's what like six, seven chapters. Like it's like you could burn through the entire thing in probably eight if you got aggressive with it. So, I've got one question for you. Sure. So. Obviously, you got six chapters for sixty dollars. Yeah, which is they pretty they sold you a full game. It sounds yeah. The fact that they're going to have a season two means they're going to be expecting more money for more of the game. So, how do you feel? This is actually something I've actually wanted for a very long time. Okay, I I, I like DLC in concept. The idea of hey, we made this game. And instead of spending time making a whole new graphics engine and tuning the combat, like, we're happy with it. We think it's pretty cool. We're going to sell you $20 more missions. Now, depending on how that breaks down, like, it's the... Let's use Destiny, for example. The Taken King was essentially a new game's worth of content that you had to own Destiny 4 already, where it's like, no, no, the graphics are the same, the mechanics are the same, your gear carries over, kind of, sort of... But what you're getting is a bunch of new stuff to do already. Like, the expansion stuff I like. So the idea of, hey, we've built the Hitman Agent 47 platform. This is Season 1. Season 2 starts this time. You can expect more of Season 1. We may, we'll push the for, we'll push the story forward some. We may tie in some modern events or something. I love that, where it's like, no, no, I don't want a better-looking Hitman. I want more of this Hitman. Like, it's the keep giving me stuff. And I love the fact where it's like, hey, the season's over. We're going to take a break and see you in four months kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's like the competitive circuit for a sport. Would I love hockey year-round? Sure, but the fact that it's contained makes it feel more meaningful. Like, it's the, you're playing with other people are playing. Then, on top of that, they've sprinkled in, like, the elusive targets, and they've put some, like, they've given you so many reasons to go back in between releases of stuff. It's like, no, no, just give me another year of what you did in Hitman 1, and I will make a case for you being Game of the Year, potentially, next year as well. Would you feel... So... 
my question would be, would you feel, do you feel like season two is worth being a separate game and don't feel like you should already have some of that content? No, absolutely not. I, 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 okay. So go back to Destiny for an example. I don't actually ever really in theory want Destiny 2. I want more expansions like the Taken King. I want a every year I want a new year's worth of content to come out kind of thing. Like we've reached a point where it's like so long as you're not like fixing game breaking gameplay issues, maybe don't release another game. Release like 60, 50 dollars worth of DLC that gives me the reason to go back to your game. Like I'm trying to Mass Effect did a really good job of this, where they gave you Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and 2 and 3 then had DLC that, like, added up to about 60 bucks, but also was like, yeah, it's basically a whole second game that we used the first game as a platform to deliver to you. Like, in some mm -hmm. ways, if you could go back and make Mass Effect 1 have the graphics and combat engine of 3, and we're just like, okay, so we're going to release Mass Effect, like, say Mass Effect came out right now, Releasing Mass Effect 1, or the Mass Effect Chapter 1, in 2016. In 2017, uh, roughly the same time that year, we will release Chapter 2. And then, a year after that, we'll release Chapter 3. You never have to buy a new video game. You just have to buy, like, 50 bucks worth of DLC each year. I I'm totally okay with that, actually. Okay. I would actually prefer that in some ways, but with the caveat that what I'm paying for is equivalent to a new games of content. Like it's the if you don't need to make a new game to fix stuff, don't give me a new game. Give me more of the game I'm already playing a shit ton of. Mm -hmm. So and to kind of springboard off that, the other game I played a ton of was I played through all of Titanfall 2's campaign and I've been playing a bunch of the multiplayer. Like literally it was Titanfall 2 came out on Friday. I dove into that shit. Jumped off for GTA for a little while. Went back to Titanfall 2 because that game is also fucking amazing. Like, the campaign is six hours long. And A, a campaign for a Call of Duty-esque, like, we're really only here for the multiplayer style game, should not be that good. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you have me going, like, I love everything about Titanfall 2. Don't release Titanfall 3. Release me chapter two of the story you've already done like i will take another six hour campaign for 20 bucks mm -hmm. like i will totally do that you want to give me like I, if you want to give me a co-op like spec op style mode i will pay 40 for that so long as there's 40 bucks worth of stuff i can do in that because that game is also fucking amazing like that that may be one of the best kind of multiplayer-focused games that has come out this year, period. Mm hmm Well, say so tying you back in before I let you loose on Titanfall. Yeah. With Hitman, it's interesting and I think good as well to see that you are... Because you come with this interesting kind of monetizing of... It's almost like rent the game kind of thing where, like... Well, actually, no, that's a poor choice of words. But, like continue expanding upon existing games as opposed to doing ground ups um which in some games like a particular dumpster fire that we happen to enjoy yeah maybe a ground up wouldn't hurt yeah like the, the, but in some of these games that are being critically acclaimed very well or well received keep adding more of the content they want like going to a game that i like you know i know i always come back to talking about this one but if someone were to say hey we added a couple more chapters to resident evil 4 yeah i would give them in 
insane amounts of money for that. Well, to kind of veer off into a different corner, like, you play League. League has seasons. They change yes. stuff and add stuff to that game constantly, and that's part yep. of the fun of it. Like, it's not... I'm not, like... So, if every year they're like, okay, it's that time of year again, it's Christmas, New League, which is just a shit ton of new characters and some stuff. Maybe it's actually a, right now. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's like... We released yeah, a bunch of new stuff. It's twenty bucks to get all of it, or you can go free to play with it. Like it's like, no, I'll fucking pay twenty bucks for that stuff. Like that's, a, a, I will happily pay to continue. <laughs> Don't give Riot any ideas. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like, they I give it out for free for now. Let's not give them to. Uh... <laughs> if you get what I'm saying, though, it's one of these things where it's like they've mm -hmm. given you a platform you like, and they're not taking away that platform by adding new content. It's like, no, no, you deserve to be paid in theory for new work, unless you need to like it. For some reason, if League of Legends 2 has to exist, I'm sure it will. But for now, League Prime is just fine. We can keep iterating on the success. We can add stuff. We can tune stuff. Dota 2 and StarCraft 3 exist. Things do get remade no matter how stable they seem. Because if you ever told me way back when, you know, Brood Wars will be will not be the end of the StarCraft series, I'd be like, why? <laughs> And no, it's and like, that's because you're like, wrong, Jeff. <laughs> no, but also think about think about the time gap between those two. Or not StarCraft three, StarCraft two. Yeah. I don't know why I said think about that. how long it took us to get a StarCraft two, and we got it, like that's not well, a very real long. thing. Oh yeah, no, it took a long time, but I can imagine the League of Legends two ten years from now. But that's what I'm saying. Like it's the if I could get like three seasons out of Hitman, where it's like yeah, season two costs. Like forty bucks or something, I'd be like, "That is a fucking deal." Because he's like, it literally, comes back to if you can keep me feeling like I'm getting the equivalent of my money. Like if I feel like I'm getting another full game or like slightly less than a full game because I'm not buying the platform a second time, I will happily pay like full game money for just a full game's worth of new stuff to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to DLC. It's just DLC has to be like, no, this is. 20 bucks worth of DLC. If, like, this is what you like about this game. Here is 20 bucks worth of stuff for that. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Like, right. The Mass Effect didn't quite do it well, but they added big stuff to that game. They added important stuff. The pricing was a little off because you kind of wound up paying like 20 bucks for two hours of content, which if they'd been like 10, I'd be like, fucking yeah, that was perfect. But each their own. I. Like, Grand Theft Auto Online keeps adding stuff for free because people are spending money in the kind of free-to-play stuff where you can buy cash to buy cars with. That is how you keep people doing that. Like, Bungie's tried doing that with Destiny, and they fucking failed at it, but at the same time, Year One had House of Wolves and The Dark Below, which were definitely $20, like, maybe 15 and actually, they were worth money because they added lots of stuff to the game. They were, they felt full enough to justify the upcharge kind of thing. Like, Taken King, which was, I think it was like a $40 DLC pack, was like, this is basically a new game. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll pay 40 bucks for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I'd love to see that actually happen more, where it's like, hey, we built the platform. Instead of spending all this time and resources making a totally new game, we just made more for that game you already like a lot. Like World of Warcraft and Diablo and Eve and most MMOs for that matter have been doing this forever. And it's a really, I, I like it personally, where it's like, don't, don't make me buy something new. Just keep 
adding stuff to the thing I'm already dealing with until you have to make something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's kind of an interesting take on that. Yeah. Yeah, the idea, so, of, the idea of games as platforms is something I find super intriguing and cool. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. Well, you kind of already um, have that, so you're used to it. Like, the idea of... Yeah. Yeah. Um, say that time of the year is upon us, but you're telling me to hold off until later in the podcast to go crazy with that. Sure. Um, I haven't talked so, about Titanfall yet. I was going to say, now that I've held you off for talking about Titanfall, it's now time to unleash you on Titanfall. Yeah, Titanfall. so, um, for a game that's comparable to, like, Battlefield and Call of Duty, holy fuck is that game's campaign, like, the most, like, if you're a fan of sci-fi, Mirror's Edge, just good FPSs, and want something new, like, if any of those reasons make you go, hey, that's me, fucking get your hands on this game and play the six-hour campaign. Like, you will not be sorry. For a game that should have a just garbage throwaway campaign, that campaign is nuts awesome. And is it a great story? No, but does it teach you? How to, it, it it serves two roles. It teaches you how to actually use the movement system really well. Like it's a six-hour tutorial with increased difficulty the entire time. That just does some crazy-ass stuff using the mechanics of that game. Like after playing that, I am mad. Destiny isn't Titanfall the RPG. Like I want to play in the world of Titanfall. Because of wall running and shit like that, like it is so fucking cool. Like the 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 the, sing, the multiplayer is too limited for me because I'm like, I just want to fucking wall run off of like a town. Wall run off of a town. Yeah, it's like I just like I want a raid where it's like me and like five other dudes just running along walls, shooting bosses and dealing with mobs. Like it's like the the the, the possibility. Like, if that game was Evolve, maybe, that game would be fucking awesome. Like, if you add an Evolve mode to that of, like, four versus one, that could be super cool. Like, eh, the mechanics for that game are so well done. Like, it, it's from the people that brought you Call of Duty, the, the, the influential ones, Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, like the ones that change shooters forever. And damn, if this thing's not, like, that team's A game again, where it's like, yeah... We're sorry about Titanfall 1. It had some promise, had some promise though. Here's Titanfall <laughs> 2. And it's like, holy fuck, you guys, like, I, I went in with low expectations. I, that's a game I'm like, fucking buy it. It's amazing. Hmm. Even like, may, if you're only going to play the campaign, maybe wait for it to come down in price. But again, like, off that kind of. Uh, platform thing we're talking about i would fucking buy more single player campaign for this and it's a game focused on multiplayer you never have to play the campaign but i'm like i want more that was a fucking amazing ass campaign like you guys did some crazy ass shit it's like starcraft 2's campaign <laughs> yeah a little bit like it's like this shouldn't be like 
this should not be this good, and holy fuck it is. And I, I know I feel like I'm harping on the campaign a bunch. The multiplayer is great too. Like it's super fun if you're looking for kind of that like a little over the top arcadey, but like still Call of Duty fast second to kill kind of style stuff. This is your game. Like this is in so many ways the game I've wanted, where it's like it doesn't take itself seriously. Why? Well, I just dropped a four-story tall robot from the sky. Now I'm wrecking shit with that. I'm gonna vault out of that, use my grappling to climb on top of someone else and throw a grenade down a smokestack on that shit because that's what you do in this game. Mm -hmm. And that happens like once a match. Nah, bro, that happens all the fucking time. I'm gonna wall run my way there and I'm gonna boost jump and shit like that too. Nice. I'm gonna behind someone and snap his neck because we have glory kills and that's cool as shit too. Hmm? Nah, it, it's... That, that. Titanfall 2 is also just amazing. Like, it's the... I don't want to play any other game except Titanfall 2 right now because it's like, why are you playing this? You have Titanfall 2. It's amazing. Except that's how good Hitman was where it's like, hey, there's a new chapter out. I have to play Hitman right now. But Titanfall 2, Hitman. Hitman must be satisfied. You can come back to this. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, no. <sighs> Titanfall 2 is... I, for a game of that, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll play it. Maybe I'm so glad I've played it. It's it's so good. They do so many multiplayer things right. Like, the network system is super cool. I, the fact you can pick what server you're pinging off of, also kind of cool. Like, I feel like playing against a bunch of Danish people, so I did. <laughs> okay. Because reasons. I'm like, what are the Danes like in this game? Huh, worse than me. Cool. <laughs> That's always a good barometer. Yeah, and it's 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 got my normal gripe with multiplayer games, which was I want more customization of my character. Like, I, I don't just want like color skins for my armor. I like to be able to shift what helmet I have. Like, it's purely a what I really now want is for Destiny Two to have Titanfall Two's mechanics. It's like no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Give me wall running. I, I I I want the movement options from this game in an RPG first-person shooter. Like, put it in Borderlands. I don't care. I want, like, some large co-op... Okay, what I really want is, towards the end of Titanfall 2's campaign, you get this kind of fake Spec Ops co-op thing. What I want is, like, 10, 15 missions that are meant to be played with your friends that are, like, Spec Ops style from, like, Call of Duty 2 or Modern Warfare mm -hmm. 2, where it's, like, these are, these are fucking hard. They will be impossible by yourself, but, like... It's you and your friends, like, wall running off ships and, like, covert doing stuff, and you're doing constant... I... There's very often a left and a right to a room, and you need to coordinate both simultaneously. Yeah, kind of I, things. I want that so bad for that game. And, like, some of the best moments in that game are when you have, like, your NPCs bantering, where it's like, well, we could go around, or we could do something insane. And the insane thing is so cool, you're like... I just, it's like, I just jumped out of a spaceship, wall ran across this fighter jet next to the spaceship, then jumped off a missile back into the spaceship I left a couple seconds ago. I could Space have gone... version of the intro to Bayonetta 1. Yeah, no, but, but that's the thing. Like, it's a first-person shooter with, like, Bayonetta 2-in-1 crazy-level moments where it's like, moving mm -hmm. in that game is the dodging system of Bayonetta where it's like, it just feels so good where you're like running along a wall and you shoot some guy and you're like fucking yeah wall run kill mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's so good it's 
so good. Nice. Yeah. It's been a good week for games. <laughs> except for one game, which I'm not going to make fun of for a little bit. So the... um. The, uh, Destiny? Or not Destiny. Division? No, I, I, nothing to report <laughs> on that. I, I thought about going in that, like, what's this patch like, and decided against it. But So I got a wee bit sick over the weekend while I was playing all this other stuff, so it didn't slow me down that much. But at the same time, it did give me ample time to keep track of the Skyrim remastered release. And? Remember how I was super, like, Bethesda shouldn't be allowed to release games that are as fucked up on launch as Fallout 4? Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of feel like Skyrim Remastered, or whatever this thing's actually called, kind of proves my point, because, like, it's had sound glitches. The game is glitchier, I think, than Skyrim was on its original release. Like, it's got some serious actual problems that, if, if you'd ask me, it's like, should I buy a Bethesda game a second time? No, you should never buy a Bethesda game on release day. Like, wait for that first patch they put out. And the fact that it's a re-release of a game they've in theory patched to hell to fix, and it's still got some serious chank, it's like, maybe Bethesda's actually kind of bad at making games, guys. Like, their games are super appealing and fun, but mechanically and, like, system-wise, they got some problems. Eh... I disagree with that because the thing is, is the problems aren't detracting like Skyrim one or sorry, uh, regular Skyrim has tons of shit go wrong on the regular. And that's like part of the charm of the game is when a sign decides that it's going to go into an alternate portal. Okay. So that, that, and that's or when the, a cow decides it's going to fly. No, so, like, and that's the thing you find that charm. And we fought about this a bunch during the fallout Four game a uh, fight for game of the mm -hmm. year stuff where i'm like that game's not even on our list because fuck that game a little bit i mm -hmm. you find the glitchiness charming i do not i fucking hate that about bethesda games where it's like oh just save a bunch because the game will randomly crash it's bethesda the thing is, is in bethesda games the amount of resources and stuff that go into them is so much more complicated than like any other game around it and like Name another game where literally every item in your inventory can be found and picked up. <laughs> like, nothing is dressing. Every single uh, thing is an object. Uh, and it, this is just the consequences that come with a system that has that much just stuff in it. Yeah, no, and the argument I had against this when we fought about Fallout 4 was... I don't care how impressive that is. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that if your game is kind of fucked still. Like the, the spectacle factor does not negate the fact that it's like this game's still kind of fucked. If you want my full fight on this, go find our game of the year 2015 <laughs> stuff because I go off on this one. But I, I'm not here to start open up this old wound again. Like when a new <laughs> Bethesda game comes out, I'll play it and be angry again probably. But we'll see. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, it's I. We talked about kind of this whole like the 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 Bethesda saying, "Hey, you can't review our games ahead of time." Stuff last week, some and the, it's one of those things where it kind of like it's this. Yeah, um, reviews for this game have been like, yeah, it's more Skyrim, but it's also more Skyrim, vanilla Skyrim, where you'll like fall through the fucking world and audio cues will drop at random and. Dragons fly backwards, which, if you find that fun, 
good for you. Charlie does not, mm -hmm. and that stuff pisses me off in games, where it's like, if you'd been less ambitious, this might be better. But, yeah, that's... I'm not going into it. I'm not going fully into it. <laughs> you're, you're looking at the look on my face. Yeah. I, I'm biting my tongue really, 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 really I double know. extra special hard. <laughs> no, I, I know, and you're a fan of, like, it's fine. Like, you can fix it with mods, and I will fire back with mods don't fix mm. the game. Like... If, if well, the, even then, like, I don't think it's... Or your argument, it's fucked. No, the thing's fine. Like, it's playable. We <laughs> You did not play Fallout 4 on the console where stuff was fucked, but... Well, yeah, good to be me then. <laughs> yeah, it's... We'll just play on the PC. Not everyone has that option. Like, don't release it for consoles then. I'm eh, not going into this further. Not going into this. Focusing mm -hmm. on Titanfall 2 and Hitman. Happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but that's been about it for my week. I didn't do anything for Halloween because fuck LA Halloween. I can either go trick-or-treat with my girlfriend's niece and nephew or I could go to West Hollywood and be like, yep, I'm in West Hollywood. Fuck this <laughs> part of the city. Yep. So I guess going to my week. Yeah, what have you been up to? I'll, I'll start with uh, I celebrate Halloween like an adult drinking. Um, ah, so I, I was celebrating adult it. Halloween when I was a teenager, too. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I even didn't do anything for Halloween this year, which was kind of sad because I kind of admit... I'm someone who really enjoys, like, the October spirit and stuff. Yes. And I feel like this October flew by way too fast for me to actually accomplish anything. Well, it's also your first October, like, completely free of school and stuff like that to a certain extent. Uh, I had last year. But this year, I think it's I had active plans for on yeah. Halloween that was just like... I could do Halloween or do other fun things, I guess. Like, um, and it was also there because this last month was such a shit show. Like, there was never a time for me to like actually like sit down and like watch a horror movie, other yeah. than like my viewing of Helsing. But I guess that kind of like I was hoping for something more like Saw or something. Yeah, like watch act, all five like, Saw horror, movies horror. in one sitting or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that kind of thing. And I know none that of that feeling. happened, which which is fine. Um, but I did kind of miss out on that. Um, instead, this weekend, what wound up happening is we had a bunch of friends over, had a whole bunch of beer and pizza, and on the first night, we played Conspiracy, which is the Magic the Gathering uh, format that you have to do drafts, and in order to play it, it has all these cards that say things like, when you draft this card, do this effect. Okay. So it does not work in regular gameplay. It has to be a draft. And we played a game of that, and it got crazy go nuts. And um, the set had a couple of cards in it that were like, this was a staple of my youth. It's not the world's best card anymore. It's been surpassed by other things. But I remember when this thing was $20 each and went in a display case. Yeah. And that was really cool and kind of fun to get to play with cards like that, um, which in this case was Avatar of Woe for me. Mm. Um. And then the next night was D&D. &D. And in D&D, &D, the latest update in the adventures of my character. Um, so this week we were supposed to save a person, which managed to somehow morph into us saving one person and ransacking another person's house. Okay. Which I think is the first time we've actively just straight up robbed a dude. <laughs> 
I'm surprised um, given how you idiots played your tabletop game. Like that always yeah. happens pretty early on when I play tabletop. It's like, can we rob them? Why? I just want to know. <laughs> You're a barbarian oh. wizard, Charlie. I just want to know. Well, my DMs moved into the I'm not playing the can you game anymore. Do it or don't. <laughs> ah, yes, the burning wheel. Can approach. I rob him? Try it. Yeah. <laughs> the burning wheel approach. Uh, there is no can, only do. Yeah, um, which definitely makes more interesting stuff happen or makes people reconsider their decisions. Yes. Um, so have you ever, Before you move we, on, have you ever played Burning Wheel before? No. So it's a game system for tabletop games that basically it's if you fail something, you have to move on. Like you can't keep re-rolling a check or something like that. Oh, we don't – or my GM doesn't let us do that. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> – you can't he also to... doesn't do the like. What do you find in the room? This is what's in the room. What if I roll higher? No, this is what's in the room. We're not. We're yeah. not sitting here waiting for you to roll twenties. The better house rules of D and D, where it's like, this is the shit in here. Deal with it. Yes, but it, I wanted something nicer. Well, you're appropriately wealth for your level, so I'm not giving you any new toys for a long time. Who cares? Yeah. Um. So then, well, wound up have or. So, you know how I periodically talk about Operation Usurp the Ranger's Mother? Yeah, you've mentioned it once or twice. It is now officially an overwhelming success. Okay. Um, Good to know your imaginary banging of old women has commenced. No, 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 no. She's my mom, not my not my love interest. Got some Oedipus Rex shit going on. I see how it is. Uh, oh, yes. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. Not so in d d Officially, she has become a ninja and is, like, practicing ninja stuff and, like, has set up a mannequin and officially removed the crotch of it because that's what shoulder height is for her. <laughs> uh, I am so happy with this. Uh, <laughs> Isn't this better than if you came, I came on to this show and told you, so we played D&D. We beat the bid bad, the big bad. The end. Yeah. Instead, you get stories of me stealing people's moms for my own personal gains to turn into ninjas and recruit as many people to my ancient society of not very picky. <laughs> yeah. I... And you should see me go around to NPCs and give them my elevator speech on why they should become a ninja to reach the greater potential in their life. I just want to play with you just guys being an aristocrat. Does being an aristocrat ever just feel unfulfilling? Do you feel like you could aspire to greater? Maybe something more shadowy? <laughs> have you tried to stab in fools in the throat from shadows? Yeah. Have, tr give being a ninja a try. Nah, I, I get it. I get it. At the same time, it's like... I kinda no, you're allowed to roll your eyes at me. I'm a jackass. <laughs> so I kind of want to play with the crowd just once and only once. <laughs> you want to peer into the void? I... I it is kind of like vape videos. Yes, I, I want to know. <laughs> um, so the next thing that happened in the D&D &D group. Now, you, I hope you've been practicing eye muscle exercises because elsewise you Always. might tear a few with your eyeballs going backwards on this one. Oh, goody. So the story goes as follows. The ranger had was looking through a book on companions you can get. And you are not necessarily companions, but you can get pets in the game. They don't necessarily have to be, you know, ethereal. You can just, like, I want a dog. Sure, you can get a dog. It's I, not a dire dog or special. Nope, it's just a dog. Follows you around, goes in your house, poops everywhere, consumes food. It's yep, a dog. You have a companion. Yes. 
And I discovered that one of the things that they have put in the game is a monkey. And I was like, oh my god, I can get a monkey? I want a monkey! I'm going to put it in ninja clothes and give it a tiny little knife and I'm going to call it Slashy. And my other friend Emilio was like, that's it, I'm getting you a fucking monkey so you can figure out how shit this creature is. And the GM's like, you know that, I know, your eyes can't go back further. GM's like, why would there be monkeys in this world? And the player's like, dude, monkeys used to be like fucking vermin, dude. They used to like get on ships and be like the new version of rodents because you couldn't get them off. So immediately he went down to the nearest port, went on a ship, got attacked by a swarm of monkeys, captured one of them, bludgeoned it into unconsciousness. So the monkey I get is going to be rather concussed. Um... Concussed Monkey. That's the name of my new punk rock <laughs> band. Yes, Concussed Monkey. Or my new sex move. I'm not sure which. <laughs> and he was like, you ha- you must take this monkey, and there are two conditions I already have. One, you need a muzzle for it. Two, you need to get tiny handcuffs for it. Nice. So, it's so I now have monkey. a... Mu- <laughs> so, oh, that is the ideal plan. There is no way I'm not teaching this thing to steal shit. <laughs> um, Congrats, stealing, I've moved your character and Naruto to Aladdin. Excellent, I can live with that. Um, so that that was the big things that happened in the D and D group, and that is your update for the for the short while. Not as eye rolly as the mom kidnapping thing, but <laughs> your DM indulges you way more than my DM. Or back when I DM'd, I ever would. It's like, can I get a monkey? <laughs> no. But what am I? No. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Oh, he's the type who absolutely will let me have this thing, and then I'm going to find out in a few weeks. Like, So, Jeff, uh, roll a dice. Okay, I got a 14. What happens? Okay, so you have zombie or you have mummy rot on your right hand from being bit by that monkey. <laughs> Congrats. You now have <laughs> fantasy aids. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I hope you're happy with yourself. And this wasn't from me getting a monkey. This, this was for me going, hey, I can get a monkey. I want a monkey. And then someone else going, that's it. You're getting a fucking monkey. I know. Walking I know, off, I know. getting one, and slamming it on top of me. I. It's concussed bo- limp your, body into my lap. Your DM indulges you guys way too much. I appreciate that about him, even though I've never met him. But at the same time, it's like... You've met him. What? You've met him. What's your roommate? Yeah. Jeff's roommate, indulge <laughs> Jeff less. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's see. That's what or what happened in that. Um, so continuing with things I've been, or I'm going to go on to things that I've been watching, sure. which is I started watching the show Drifters, which I believe you recommended to me. Um, I don't think so. Oh. Basically, the guys who made Helsing Ultimate have a new show. There's only like three episodes out. Okay. Um, the premise is kind of like interesting. They've basically taken, or have you ever seen Fate Zero? No. Okay. So the premise of Drifters is basically it follows a bunch of people who are extreme badasses through history. Okay. Like. Um, there's this one Japanese guy who they wind up meeting up with whose backstory, who you can actually like look up and was a real person was he got betrayed by some dude. The guy like broke into his house to kill him. He set his house on fire to kill the guy and then proceeded to write a poem about how big of a shithead the guy who broke into his house is before burning to death. Is it Nobunaga? 
It might be. Uh, no, that, no, Nobunaga lives and is in every anime ever. Um, sure. Um, but they put him in it, and he uh, he's just one of the characters, and they follow around a couple of different people. And there's some kind of ethereal conflict going sure. on, and these guys are being pulled out of various points in history to just kind of fight for one side and defeat the other. And the other side has a couple of other historical figures like Anastasia and Joan of Arc. And they seem to both have powers based on how they died. Okay. So Joan of Arc's a fucking fire wielder. <laughs> okay. Um, and the regular people from throughout history do not get special powers. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so the show's interesting. It's really weird because the main character, you know the Nazi from Helsing Ultimate who doesn't talk? Sure. The silent one with the yeah. hat. He's one of the big bads, I guess. Yeah. The main character has his motherfucking eyes. And it's kind of okay. like weird getting that like cold, dead stare out of the main character. It's like, hmm, you remind me a lot of someone who, you know, was a Nazi. <laughs> and that's not Aren't a good a thing. Aren't you a werewolf? Yeah, are you a werewolf? Um, so it's an interesting show. It's got some it's got some flaws, but it's also got some redeeming qualities. Sure. Um it's a bit action porny, which I am AO fucking K. Yeah, with. that's what you kind of expect from that studio. Yeah. So more kind of Helsing ish stuff. You'll win me over with that. Yeah. That said, I'd love to see more of the adventures of Sarasa, Alucard, and um uh Integra. Yeah. And Alexander Anderson. Well he's kind of dead, but Kind of. You could do some kind of prequel-y stuff. Well, you'd have to nix Sarasa, but whatever. I'd be um, super okay with a prequel starring Alexander Anderson. Just, like, the story of what Actually, you're right. The story of Anderson could be really awesome. It might be better than the Helsing story, where it's like, no, no, he's just technically a dude. Yeah. Let me tell you about how I'm mad at Protestants. <laughs> have I mentioned how much I hate Protestants in the last 30 seconds? No? Okay. <laughs> Dude has fucking oh, bayonets for his main weapon. Like, not knives, bayonets. The bayonet alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he was a fucking great character. Um, and he definitely, like, because of the stuff they established with his, um, with the leader of Iscariot, like, yeah. him being a teacher at a school and stuff, like, there's some backstory there of some variety. No, that's, that's just my thing. It's like, I... Alucard, fantastic character. The Irish priest who's a regenerator and, like, just takes down shit with his bare hands. It's like, yep, I just really hate Protestants, have an Irish accent, and was a teacher at one point. It's like, I I'm sorry, let's focus on the obviously ridiculous character who at one point says, it's just my left arm missing, I'm still going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, that's Alexander a Anderson in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, the, the biggest um, disappointment I have of that character is it's like, no, no, go down like a man, die human, or, like, win human, don't give in to, this is what I have to, it's like, no, 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 a man must defeat monsters, and you are that man. Mm-hmm. Go for broke, fucker. Yep. Um, so, after that, let's see, 
I've been watching. So Ruby's back in session. So I've been watching Ruby, Assumed and I decided much. to go back. Say that again. Assumed as much. Yep. Uh, new season's freaking awesome. Um, I went back and watched the first season of Red vs. Blue again on kind of a whim because it's getting to the point where I'm like, ah, oh, they're on like season 14. I tapped out around season 8. I'm curious what the fuck happened with that series. So I'm kind of trying to like force myself and go back and get caught up on that. Um, and I forgot how much I adore the first season of that show and how much of it is just my fucking sense of humor. Um, and basically in every Halo, int- the stuff made in Halo One is the best of that show. Yes, no, I'd agree with that. But the um, every actor interaction between Church and Caboose is fucking gold. Um, of just Caboose driving Church nuts and calling his girlfriend a slut. Yeah. Um, video game wise, I played some Overwatch and some League of Legends. Very little League, much more Overwatch. Um, but nothing really big to report on either of those. And then I guess on to the last bit of interesting news I have from my life, which is I got a text message yesterday from my mom. Okay. That went along the lines of, hey, Jeff, I found a guitar at the dump. Do you think you can fix it? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, and I take one look and she sends me the picture and it's a first act guitar. And for those who don't know about the brand first act. Like me. First act is the brand that like, Oh my god, they're so fucking awful. A guitar from them is usually $50 and comes with an amplifier, strap, strings, guitar polish, and a pick. Danny's and, first guitar kit kind of thing. Yeah, they consider themselves, quote-unquote, discovery guitars. Ah. So I was Googling around to see what they look like underneath to see if it was worth trying to take the paint off it. And like I'm like, okay, this could be a fun piece of wood to experiment with aniline sure. dye on. And, um, but I'm not expecting it to have, you know, flame maple underneath. And it's like, no, it looks like complete trash. Things practically fucking particle board. Yeah. So I wound up Googling around. And basically, usually with DIY projects, if you tell the internet, you know, I'm going to do this thing. It's not the best way of doing it. Usually, they'll, like, if it's something stupid, they'll shit on you and then give you the answer. Yeah. On this one, they will not. Like, they don't give you the answer. It's just like, don't do it. I want to fix up a, a first deck guitar. Put it in a wood chipper. Set it on fire. Take your money elsewhere. Like, literally, you don't... It, it doesn't pan out. <laughs> so, at sense. this point, I'm pr- probably going to wind up just wasting a pack of strings on the thing and giving it to my mom to give away to, like, a 10-year-old cousin or something. Sure. And, um... So, the first act, like, the lines of instruments that they make... Sure. So, you have your regular instruments, like, you know, Gibson has their Heritage Series, and Fender has their... Uh, prestige and all that does first act have their private collection no the first act collections are hello kitty like nickelodeon presents teenage mutant ninja turtles uh minions the despicable me show frozen Mm, these are their lines of instruments which one did you get jeff it is a generic guitar fortunately i want you to get frozen and no i don't think my mom would have grabbed that but so one person has been brave enough to slap their name on first act instruments and this must have been one of those what the action when someone uh grabs for cash what's that called a cash grab yeah and that's adam levine 
has fucking put his name on a first act guitar. That I'm like, sounds why about would right. you do that? And they're like, it's the Adam Levine inspired guitar strap and strings and capo. I'm like, you just put his name on every piece of shit. <laughs> like, what do you, uh, what, oh God. What makes them Adam Levine guitar strings? Are they made from his hair or something? Literally nothing. Just his name's on it. Sure. Um, Sorry, who's Adam so, Levine? Uh, is it Maroon 5 that, that he plays right. for? Something like that. I don't know. It's not metal. I just know I don't like <laughs> it. I don't know what band he's from with some frequency. Yeah. I feel like he might sing for Queen at the moment. No, that's Adam Lambert. Different person. All right. So, did that. Or, that's my, that is going to be what I'm going to be doing this weekend is getting to, getting to meet that guitar and see what I can do with it. It, it may just be I put strings on it, give it to somebody who you don't like or is too young to know that this thing's a piece of shit. Ah, the white elephant gift. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so after that, I basically only have things that you told me to uh, research a little bit and that are kind of topics. Yeah, the, the, the main topic this week, if you will, some finals for something you care an awful lot about happened. But Yep. We'll get to that. I poured myself a tall glass of bourbon in preparation for that. But you we'll did. get there. So you ready for news, I guess that means? I am ready for news. So we don't have a lot of news because since we record on Thursdays, we managed to actually catch all the big kind of crazy news that happened last week. So, yeah. Um, pretty light week. Uh, some weird stuff going on. For instance, um, EA accidentally banned Origin Access in the country of Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Not surprised because it's origin. Kind of sucky because it corresponded with um, Titanfall 2's release. So... Hmm. I didn't Hello? even know Myanmar had access to origin in the first place. Like, not exactly a country you think of as being gamer heavy, but I guess I could be in wrong. I mean, gamers usually are pretty loud audience because we have access to computers. Yeah, no, and it's... Uh, or other media content devices. To, to put the weird in perspective of this for you, like, the U.S. had trades, had economic sanctions against Myanmar up until fairly recently, so... <laughs> so where is this country? I, I don't know off the top of my... Uh, some part of Asia, I'm guessing, based off the name. I did not bother looking that up, but, like... The, to put it in perspective, the economic sanctions had been in place for 19 years. Obama lifted those sanctions in October, on October 7th of this year. So it's north of Thailand. Yeah. It's like between... So India is to its left, maybe not directly adjacent. Looks like Bangladesh is there and um, another country who... Manipur. Oh, I can't get it to really pop up the name. Sure. And then Myanmar, also known as Burma. Yes. Oh, that's probably why I recognize the name. Yeah. Um, is in between that. So it's kind of like near like Vietnam and Cambodia and Thailand. And no offense to those countries. I didn't realize those were countries that were big into the origin system, let alone <laughs> video games. That came I guess via that could the internet. Explain why Origin won't die. <laughs> then you know, 
Big Daddy EA. Well, EA is working on it. They're going to get Myanmar unblocked. I, this was just dumb enough where it's like, wait, what? That's a thing that happened? Like, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's tragic. No, no, Myanmar had access to video games? <laughs> that place was Burma up until recently. Apparently. That'd be like North Korea having fielding a professional League of Legends team. You're like, wait, you can play the game there? I'm still waiting for the North Korean announcement that they won Worlds. Do they do that every <laughs> year? No, but they, according to them, they've won the Olympics. <laughs> well, yeah, so is America. <laughs> if you believe the NBC. Say, so I'm waiting for the Kim Jong-un as the mid laner for the, Korea, the North Korean... Uh, League of Legends team, and that they won Worlds, and and uh, they they are not sharing their trophy with their neighbors to the south. Oh, that'd make me so happy. Oh, that'd be the greatest news I ever read. Uh, what would the glorious leader main if he played League of Legends? Oh my god. Uh, it's so weird to say, because knowing facts about that guy... Based off the lies the we choose to believe yeah. as people of the internet, what yeah. would he mean? Well, Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-il are not the same person. Kim Jong-un has much less, like, got 36 holes in one... Or got 18 hole-in-ones in golf and then decided to never play again. Yeah. He has a few less stories like that about him. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. One is also Who alive and the other one is dead, I believe. Yeah, this yes, Kim Jong Il is dead. Yes. Kim Jong Un is his son. Um My God. I'm assuming you would have to be some kind of like mid laner. And he would probably be one of those guys who's like mechanics my mechanics are the best in the world, no one is better than me. Or maybe he'd be an eighty carry. He'd be somebody that was like all mechanic focused and just like I could talk about how I'm the best in the world and my team sucks and every one of you needs to get up to my level. Got it. <laughs> well, so moving on from that, let me paint you a word story, if you will. Um, the Splinter Cell series recently went on sale for a whopping 75% off on the Steam. This included Not a variety bad. of Splinter Cell games, including Splinter Cell Blacklist. It was available in a bundle, which is cool, I suppose. And lots of people chose to buy this. Valve ran out of Steam keys for blacklists. That can happen? Apparently. I honestly thought that they printed CD keys like money. <laughs> I thought that too, in all honesty. But so it happened. They ran out of keys, kept selling the game, and then a bunch of people tried getting access to that game and couldn't. Hmm. Just thought this was a weird one. Yeah, that's a weird fumble on uh, Steam's part. Yeah, that said, Steam's the type or Valve's the type of company like you all get it for free. I I'm more the the idea of Steam running out of Steam keys was the part I found most interesting. Where it's like, like you said, no, there was a bottom to the well. Yes, no, it's like how does that even fucking happen? Mm -hmm. How did you do this? Like that's like saying we reached the end of the internet. There isn't one. Hmm. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Uh, I have no reaction to this aside for like 
yup, this is the part of Steam Charlie doesn't like, where it's like, you don't actually really totally own the game you buy. You're kind of weirdly licensing it, but... Eh... It's shitty they kept selling the game after they no longer had access to it. I'm sure they're fixing it. I've not seen an update about that, but... I'm assuming there were two two systems in place, one to make the sale happen and one for... Or one doing inventory and one keeping the information about the sale active. Yeah. And these two systems probably weren't talking to each other. Possibly. That would make a lot of sense, actually, yeah. Well, so, and... Unless you have more meaningful to say on this topic, aside for, like, yep, that kind of sucks. We've got a little more Valve stuff. This is more in the positive bucket, though. Hey. Knowing Valve, they'll probably like, okay, that happened once. That's not happening twice. Yeah. Yeah. I was just more amazed that it was like, holy crap, there's an end to Steam Keys. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was an infinite resource, too. Yeah. Well, so moving um, on. With a great Steam Key drought of, nine, uh, of 2016. <laughs> we could not play Blacklist for a couple weeks. It was terrible. Terrible! We could not play a somewhat old game that, while okay, was not, like, the hotness even when it came out. <laughs> Do you oh, boys remember Sam perfect. Fisher? We remember Sam Fisher. Oh, Sam Fisher. Yeah, he used to live around here. The poor man saw quite a few snake. games, that guy. Hmm. At first, things were going really well for him, but then, you know, the drought came, and then the uh, once the government betrayed him six or seven times... Things got a little bit hazy. I never liked any of the Splinter Cell games. I tried so many times where it's like, this is too serious. <laughs> it's all about tactical espionage. Yeah. Thomas Edison, uh, Thomas Edison hatred enthusiast. A little bit, yeah. Especially it's like, it's like, don't kill people. That's not happening. You kill light bulbs in this game. Until they got smart and caged in the light bulbs. Those bastards. We reward you for not killing people. Yeah, no, they're... I, I'm making sure every fucker and his brother stays dead. <laughs> said these are terrorists? Yeah, they're dying. Don't make these villains comically evil and not expect me to knife them in the fucking throat. Mm-hmm. But they have a wife and kids and a knife in their throat. Look at all the things they have. Shh, shh, bleed out. Mm. Just bleed out right now. Shh. Die, shh. die, die, die. No, die. no, no, no. Only dreams. Only dreams. Of your death. <laughs> Hello, Nathan Explosion. I wasn't expecting to run into you tonight. Exactly. So moving on from this dumb topic. Uh, this is actually something I am quite positive on. Uh, back in September, Valve notified devs that it was going to change up the discovery system of their store to discovery 2.0 yay okay but the relevant thing now is that valve is cracking down on those nice pictures that go along with games when you sh when you look at them in the store page like the thumbnails yeah okay all those have to be real screenshots now and not renders out of the game or something. They have to be actual, like, nope, this is fucking footage from your game. Okay. I'm assuming they're still allowed to have trailers, though, right? Yeah, those are different. But any pictures you have have to be, yup, these are pictures of the game. Now, a, a cynical person, which I am, might wonder if this might be due to the fact that um, 
a little game known as No Man's Sky had a lot of pictures on their Steam page that in no way looked like that game, ultimately. Statistically probable. It's like there's a cause and effect. Statistically favorable. Yeah. I'm curious exactly how many people demanded refunds for that game, ultimately, like... Because of the Steam refund policy, that could have been like, oh crap, we're selling so many copies. And they're all coming back! Boomerang. Fuck, I'm mad I paid money for that game. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. It's, <laughs> it's real bad. Real bad. I guess while we're talking about that, uh, the uh, No Man's Sky account got hacked and... Someone tweeted out, No Man's Sky was a mistake, and it was fake, so shut up about it. It was an elaborate hack, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, them and... into a Twitter account? <laughs> I've... They also hacked an email, so they, like, sent some gaming ma- publications where it's like, is this real? And they confirmed, like, yes, this is totally real. Okay. I have minor bullshit stuff. I make better passwords gaming companies, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, moving on from that, do you ever step foot in a GameStop, Jeff? Do I ever step foot in a GameStop? Have you ever done that? Not if I can help it. Yeah, so, um... Have I, yes. Yes. Uh, Would you be happy if you learned that, um, despite all the big games that came out in October, GameStop sales in store weren't especially as well as good as they expected them to be? I won't say I'm surprised. Now with the success of Amazon Prime. Yeah. And since they won't sell me PlayStation 2 games anymore, uh, yeah, I, like, never go there. Yeah, no, I, I, I've always had it kind of, like, I'm glad it exists because physical retail, but at the same time, fuck off a little bit GameStop in some ways. It's like, I, I, the one I, when I lived in Pittsburgh, I was a big fan of the one I went to there because it was, like, just barely a GameStop. The ones out here in L.A. are significantly more like, yep, we're GameStops in every stereotype possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they very much like... The benefits and reasons that I needed them to exist were basically game reselling. Yeah. Not that I've ever really been big into selling games. I've always been big to buying used ones. Yeah. And they're not even really the big dog in that fight really anymore. Yep. If you want to buy a used game, you can do that on Amazon now. Yeah, which is crazy and weird to think yeah. about, but... It's the hurdle that that had to get over was selling games to Amazon for Amazon to have a pile of... Uh, what's it called? A, to have a backlog of used content was the barrier to entry on that. They have since gotten over that hurdle. Yeah. So... Yeah, we don't need to do, or we don't need to care about that anymore. Nope. But yeah, that's it for news. Kind of a slow news week. Uh, that lasted longer than I thought it was going to. Like, it's, yeah, Steam's doing stuff. Origin got banned in Myanmar. Where the fuck's Myanmar? Oh, Burma. Got it. <laughs> Pretty much. So that that brings us to our main topic, and I'm going to um, uh, freshen my drink a little bit because... Well, I... Oh, you got Boulier. Or Bullet, however you want to call bullet? it. Bullet? I ain't no fancy yep. man. Bullet base. Oh, God, that sounds disgusting. A whiskey made from soup base, essentially. 
French like bottom feeder fish soup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got I got my drink handy. Uh, Jeff, uh, something happened in your world called like the League of Legends Worlds for 2016. It's as I heard, it's a small understated event that like very few people know about and millions of dollars definitely don't go into it and it's not like televised and shit like that uh it's in this tiny little venue called the staples center yeah i, I definitely didn't do a load-in for it once back when i was doing roadie shit I, I i i know you care about this like little indie underground game called league of legends yeah. and i thought it would be nice because i've talked about other games on this podcast in length occasionally in the main topic to um uh Give your weird little underground MOBA bullshit some the time it properly deserves. So, Jeff, and I'm gonna regret saying this. Tell me about League of Legends Worlds. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to be. Or I'm gonna have to get the stipulation that when I was watching it, it was on my cell phone on my knee during a game of Gun- Dungeons and Dragons while I was drinking. The correct so my way to memory, watch. My my memory may not be so great on these things, so That's I had to kind of refresh myself. As a producer of digital content, that is the best way to watch something Wicked Studios content, drunk <laughs> on a phone while doing something else. No, actually, so, don't do that. <laughs> so, this year, Worlds happened. We started out with three teams from pretty much every region, two wildcard teams, one of the wild card teams was the Russian team, Nox Luna, that we were rooting for, who made it all the way to quarterfinals, Woo! but unfortunately got knocked out by H2K. Um, that said, I'm one of the few remaining people who's actually... I'm not a fan of H2K, per se, because um, I'm not really attached to any of their players, but I really like their coach, Prawley, because I remember when he used to play on... Um, God, no, he didn't play on... Um, velocity i forget exactly which team he played on back in like season three where he was just this wild guy who came out of nowhere and was like this is the it was like this is the meta these are the champions you play and probably just came in and was like nope i play completely random shit that no one's ever seen before i'm gonna play who i want fuckers yeah and he absolutely destroyed people with that so i kind of miss him as a player and it's actually made him a really good coach because he's one of the only coaches that can 1v1 his players sure um so, the representatives from Korea this year were the Rocks Tigers, SK Telecom T1, and Samsung Galaxy. I am much more familiar with with the Rocks Tigers and SK Telecom. And then when I follow Korea, I usually follow the KT Rollster Bullets and the Jinair Green Wings. Uh, so, to, back up a stick. Is Samsung Galaxy sponsored by Samsung Galaxy as in the phone? You guessed it. Okay. Um, they used to be like Samsung Ozone or something like that, I think. Sure. I forget. But the thing is with Samsung is they're a team that one season... All right, I need to take another step back. So back in like season four or something like that, um, basically League of Legends... I'm going to start saying that this is season six because I can't remember that well. I'm pretty sure it's six. Sure. Season four, they basically said you can't have sister teams anymore. So you can't have a Samsung Galaxy Blue and a Samsung Galaxy White. You can't have an SK Telecom T1S and an SK Telecom T1K. Um, you can't have one organization own two teams because it's a conflict of interest. And Samsung Galaxy White, 
one worlds um in season five i believe and then or no they won season four and then promptly every single fucking member of that of those two teams fucking shipped off to china to never be heard from again uh well not actually they all a lot of them made it back to worlds on their own talent and merit but they basically all went okay china's gonna pay us five times what korea will or whatever sure peace guys so Samsung Galaxy was left with an LCS spot mm-hmm. or an OGN spot and no one to play. So they spent season five basically being a real rocky fucking team and not being very good. <clears throat> and then season six rolls around and they got their bearings. They got some players. Um, it's interesting that they picked up Core JJ, who I believe was an 80 carry in North America for a short period of time, and then managed to actually go back to Korea, which I've never seen a player successfully go that direction, starting at or go be Korean, come to North America, and then be allowed to go back to Korea. But that said, I believe Ruler, their 80 carry, I think left the region for a little while, but I could be wrong about him. Um, but Core JJ changed over to support. And uh, now he's on Samsung Galaxy. Um, this is a tournament that is an example of the semifinal matches were better than the final, or the teams that made it to the semifinal matches were better than the teams in the finals match. Sure. Because the semifinals, SK Telecom took on the Rocks Tigers, and that is the like Titan Smash, like holy shit game. Because the Rocks Tigers and SK Telecom are just absolute like they are the top two and then everyone else gets to stay in their shadow and SK telecom beat the rocks tigers, which historically they had, I think they call it the SK telecom playoff buff, which is just come playoffs. They just kick it into gear and it's like a whole new team and they're just friggin' ridiculous. And, um, the other thing about SK telecom is the team that, or I'm attached to players. I'm not necessarily as attached to organizations because so many orgs aren't the teams that I grew up rooting for. Like Team Solo Mid, not a single member of the current Team Solo Mid played on Season 2, 3, maybe even Season 4 Team Solo Mid. Like they're all, it's just new people. Okay. And SK Telecom still has Bengi and Faker from the Season 3 team that won Worlds. And Bengi and Faker are the only two guys to win three world championships. Um, I believe they're actually the only three guys to even win two world championships. Um, so those two, keeping the team intact has given me something kind of to root for because I like those two guys. I really, I'm especially a big fan of Bengi, their jungler, because I'm a jungler. Um, so the Rocks Tigers and SK Telecom smashed against each other, yeah. and that was how fi- how semis went. H2K beat Nox Luna. Um, they moved, or that was quarters. Oh, and then in uh, semis, um, Samsung Galaxy beat H2K, the team that beat Nox Luna. So we move on to the World Finals, and it wound up being a best of five, which was better than I expected. Or... Because I was expecting SKT, especially with the way they played the first two games, to roll over Samsung. But Samsung came back fucking kicking in the next two games on the um, the back of... Uh, I actually don't really know what happened in game three. 
Though I will say that I was a bit sad to see uh, Kindred getting some play. Though he, oh no, Kindred got played in game two. I'm glad Kindred lost because I don't like Kindred in the meta. He, it hurts so bad playing 80 carries as a jungler f to my soul. Um, but that, but them's the breaks, man. I I'm afraid to say um, it. Why? Why or in what variety of why? Why does it hurt? Yes. Why did it happen? Um, I grew up during tank meta, and 80 carries are squish, very high damage, but very low, um, usually low CC and low health kind of people, and they very much heavily favor more the PvE side of the game and are less impactful, like, they're more likely to farm than they are to gank because they just need to get to their items and they want to just get to late game and they're the kind of guy that'll go into their jungle see in 40 minutes and they don't really help the team and i don't feel like that's very team focused sure that said yes there are counter arguments to this and yes when you get to the highest tier you will be amazed at how often these guys appear in your lane but where i'm at it's not necessarily as fun and i guess i'm kind of jaded because i didn't pick them up very quickly or that well and it wasn't I didn't feel very good doing the mechanics on these kind of high damage champions. Oh, that makes sense. Um, but the meta completely shifted this world's where friggin' Olaf is back to being a god, which that's kind of a weird... Olaf being good is kind of a weird moment because he's such a all-rounder thing of he can either... He can farm people, he can farm the jungle really effectively he could be really tanky he can be really damaging he's a very very utility knife kind of guy and that's kind of a difficult thing to balance around because it's kind of you know what do you prevent him from if you take away from one thing you're shoehorning him into being the other sure like if you take away his tankiness great he can only go damage you take away his damage he can only go tank um but uh basically in game three and four it appears that uh somebody made the mistake of letting ruler play Jin, and Jin is just such a powerful so Jin has the ability to impact the map greater than most people because he shoots out this very long range stun that does a lot of damage well not stun uh slow but because of that you can have your 80 carry be on like the other side of the map and still contribute to a fight and that's hugely impactful um, and the professional players are able to friggin' like coordinate this shit because they're nuts. Um, they're great at everything. Um, oh, gotta sneeze? Or am I not? Whatever, fuck you knows. <laughs> so, game four, SK Telecom put put in blank, which blank is um, SK Telecom's backup jungler because Bengi has his ups and he has his downs. I like him, but there's no denying he goes through rough patches. Um, sure. He's not as consistent depending on the meta. And Blank is your high damage champion player. Um, so it was kind of nice that Blank got to participate, kind of like, you know, when the Bruins go for the Stanley Cup, you know, Malcolm Subban or whoever the backup goalie is doesn't get to play. Like, it's going to be all Tuca. Um, when you're in a playoff run kind of scenario. Or whoever they go with this season. I don't know if Kadobin or... I think they're... I don't remember who they're sticking with at the moment. Um, 
but it was nice to see, you know, okay, you got to actually contribute to Worlds. Your name isn't just on the trophy because you showed up. You actually participated. Um, and Blank is a good jungler. He's just a very different jungler from Bengi. Um, but they put him in. Unfortunately, he lost. And uh, they took him out and put back in Bengi. So that, that, that was kind of the nice, like, you know, the hero returns moment for me of, you know, Bengi got kind of like, the last two seasons, he's been kind of cast aside in SK Telecom because they brought in Tom and they brought in Blank. And they played both of them over Bengi a fair amount. And then basically when Worlds comes around, they pull back out Bengi. And they're like, okay, you remember how to play this game apparently. Hmm. Um, and that was pretty cool. And it went to a best of five and fucking Faker got his hands on Victor, which Victor is kind of Faker's... There is certain champions that have blind pick priority, which is this champion does not do especially well against anyone. He does not do especially poorly against anyone. So if I don't have enough knowledge about my opponent to really like try and prevent them from doing from counterpicking me, this guy's super safe. And Faker's just really good with Victor now. Um, and he was the highest damage, I believe, in that game. And also Duke appears to have held his own and kept Cuvay down because Cuvay was mate was really turning uh, SK Telecom on their head with his play on um, uh, Kennen, aka Pikachu. Um, so on to some more League of Legends news that is going to be mostly pertinent. Um, one way back when when we talked about um, or so. Final Summation, SK Telecom won Worlds. Congratulations to them. I'm glad to see they're on top. Um, I will continue to watch them in the regular season and also go the KT Rolster Bullets uh, because they never win. <laughs> um, started at the bottom and we're still there. Yeah, well, it's kind of more like we started in like sec- or third or fourth place and we're still there. Um they, the funny thing is, is KT Rolsters, like, they're a fucking good team. And there have been interviews with, I think it's Koro, who was like, I'm sick of playing against SKT. I just want to win. <laughs> um, and there's also kind of funny in the, um, so SK Telecom and KT are kind of rivals because they they both go back really far. And um, before the Rocks Tigers hit the scene, KT Rolster was the other big bad next to SKT. And uh, they asked all of the Korean coaches who they thought were going to win Worlds. And everyone said SKT except for KT Rolster. <laughs> so it would be like if you asked, you know, in uh, baseball, you asked every team if, you know, who's going to win the World Series and, like, the Red Sox were in it and everyone but the Yankees said the Red Sox were going to win. Yeah kind of moment which i thought was pretty funny um we hate those guys so much so for starters the question of was this a good worlds so was it like a good a four, worlds? what makes a good worlds so they had like a four-hour pre-game show okay that was a lot of concerts and a lot of like really good like they're just playing like all the music they've ever written for the game which apparently is okay. a fuck ton Plus game analysis, interviews. They did. They made it a real dog and pony show. Um, <laughs> I didn't get to pay very close attention to it because I was doing something. But if I, 
I don't know if I would have paid attention to the whole thing if I did have the time separated out. Um, maybe if I was at a bar, I would have enjoyed it. Um, that makes sense. And talking to people and whatnot. That said, I'm still hoping for the day that there are more than just one Buffalo Wild Wings that I can go to and watch Worlds <laughs> at. Because I would love to be issued hot wings and burgers with nachos on them and beer and watching Worlds. I um, feel like there's probably a place out here I could go do that, but I don't want to watch Worlds. So Fair. But, um, so you know how way back when, where you were talking about how Dota has implemented some really good AR stuff? Yeah. Or kind of AR for making it easier to view the game? So League now has the baby version of that. Okay. They had a, um, like a map. They basically had the two teams on a giant square, um, platform. And each team was on one side of it, and then in between them, they had a downward-facing projector that showed, like, the map and stuff. And then when, like, people would take Baron, it would turn into, like, a Baron icon and stuff. Like, it did things. It didn't do as much as the Dota ones do, because the Dota ones, like, fling, fling fucking spells at the different players and shit. Sure. And they're really over the top. I really hope Lee gets to that point, but step one has been accomplished. Um, so they did, they did bring in some of the AR things that you mentioned and you said that you wanted. So I can at least give you that kind of good news. Um, other important things that are happening in League of Legends at the moment is one, it's preseason. So the whole shake the snow globe thing is now happening. Um, they're making everything crazy. They're completely reworking all the assassins. They're overhauling the jungle in ways that I'm happy with because they're finally making low-damage AoE tanks viable again as opposed to just high-damage champs. Um, so they're do- they're doing some stuff, and they're implementing plants, which jury's still out on the plants. Plants? Uh, so there's these plants that spawn randomly that do things. If you kill one of them, it gives you... He- or it drops health, so if you're like doing something that gets you hurt. It can sometimes lead to you making an insane getaway because you got that one extra HP. Or if you're just doping around in the jungle, taking damage, you can heal up with it. They also have one that grants vision. And then they have a really interesting one that explodes. And it sends you in whatever direction you are, like, on it. Like, if you're on the left side of it, it flings you to the left. If you're on the right side of it, it flings you to the right, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And what it's for is... If someone's chasing you, you run over it, and then when they're on one side of it and you're on the other, you use it to spring them away from you and you away from them. And it's just kind of a way to, like, it can really influence how quickly people move around the map, and it kind of gives an option to, if you get invaded and the opponent comes in, you have an option other than just fucking die. <laughs> um, Always kind of have nice. that option. Yeah. Um, that one, it's still very juries out because they spawn kind of randomly and people are in a game like this, people are not big fans of, uh, RNG as much because, you know, I can't hone my skills in RNG. Mm. Um, and at least with crit chance, I can build crit chance and I can like get that up to a higher number, but I can't, you know, RNG isn't a skill. Sure. <laughs> um, so because of that, the jury's still out on that one. Now, 
So the other thing that's going on right now is the all-star voting is happening for the all-star matches. Um, I found that people... I vote totally differently than other people do because I vote very much on the players that I think are good based on the skills that they've displayed in the game. And the voting is definitely a popularity contest, which is kind of interesting to see. Uh, a lot of players like, this guy's popular. I don't know necessarily, like, there are other people in here who are good matchups against him and stuff. And some players, I think, get a little underrated, mm. um, especially when you start looking at the middle of the pack. That makes sense. Um, and the last thing that I think will probably be the most interesting and funny, like, way to go out on Jeff going off on League of Legends for however long that was and losing his voice <laughs> um, the price you pay for going off on something jeff i've paid it many a time <laughs> so you know how um team dignitas was acquired by the 76ers yeah. yeah so the reddit detectives have spotted uh cop saint vicious and wild turtle three professional players front row at uh or courtside seating at a 76ers game okay which I find very awesome and hilarious. Not this has also sparked people speculating that Wild Turtle is going to wind up joining the team. That does seem to imply <laughs> that, yes. That that does, yeah. So what I thought that was kind of funny. What were you doing hanging around with my daughter after dark in her bedroom? Uh... <laughs> Getting acquainted. Yeah. We were talking, I promise. Yep. Um, not those lips, the other ones. Um... <laughs> maturity oh, gaming God. podcast debatable exactly <laughs> um so that is league of legends and everything that's happened from here and me talking a little bit about a lot of things oh, so i guess to back it up a step um compared to prior seasons have you been happy but i get the impression there are good seasons of league and not so great seasons of league like has this been a good season of league um, this one's been more than fine. It, they've ironed out a lot of the wrinkles on how Worlds operates in general, because now there's more best of five series played. They figured out a lot of the like, there's two, so there's two different types of things that they try and figure or tax a player in to try and like figure who's going to break and whatnot, which is either you, there's mental integrity to win a shit ton of games in a row and then there's preparedness to win a bunch of games over a larger period of time to prepare sure. for so what they did is they had like one week where each team played twice only two times a day and then they had another week where each team played four times in one day damn and that kind of you saw a lot more teams break on the four games in one day thing because they wound up playing like every other hour and that was you, teams that lost early in that tended to keep losing. Um, that kind of makes sense. It's like you can't take the pressure. Yeah. But it also was kind of interesting because it's like, okay, you know, this team's really good under pressure, but their preparation's kind of garbo. And it gives it, or this team's really good at preparing, but they're bad at like <coughs> getting used to something on the fly. It kind of, you know, it gave new criteria for teams to be separated. As, as on, which someone who does not enjoy watching league for the exact reason of, it all feels kind of not rehearsed, but too prepared for the idea. That's like, no, no, we mix it up. Where like some weeks it's you get time to prepare, and sometimes it's no, we fucking throw you at the wall and see if you can survive. Yep. I like that. I and, actually like that a lot. Yeah, 
And then after that comes best of fives, where it's literally you play five games in a row. And if a team comes up with something that you've never seen before, guess what? You don't get to prepare. Learn fast. <laughs> Roll with um, it. Yep. Um, so they did iron out a lot of those things this year, which was really nice. Probably the best season I'll always go back to and the season that kind of made me a fan of a lot of things. And the re- the reason we talk about pretty much any of this, I think a lot goes back to season three. Okay. And here's why season three mattered. SK Telecom won season three. And no one would really care much about our Korean overlords if this wasn't the storyline that happened. And I forget the team, so I'm going to assume it's the team that I'm thinking of, but I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. If I'm not, I don't apologize. So there's a team called the Shanghai Shanghai Jokers. They're from Taiwan, I believe. And I forget the exact way that it played out, but they basically wound up cheating Team Solo Mid a win that would have allowed them to progress. Or at least still be in the fight. Explain cheated them. Like, did they actually cheat or they managed to sneak something in? It was like an out. It was like an outdoor facility, and there was some weird thing where, like, a player was able to, like, pause the game. Um, during pauses, you are not supposed to talk to your teammates. You are not allowed to co- uh, converse with each other. You have to be dead silent because elsewise teams would pause, like, talk out their strat, and then resume, and yeah. that shit would be too yeah, slow. That's- That makes it RTS at that point in some ways. Yes, so that stuff's banned. And I they got caught doing something like that, and then I think they also got caught looking at the Jumbotron that had the active map on it. Mm. That said, better precautions could have been taken, but also the referees didn't catch it. And there I don't remember the exact scenario, but they did something that potentially resulted in Team Solo Mid getting a loss for that was undeserved. This team then proceeded to go on to get into the semifinals. So at this point, you have pretty much all of North America because Team Solo Mid was definitely at the time, probably or still are, the most beloved North American team. And this team dicked them over, made it to the semifinals, and then SK Telecom comes in. And everyone's rooting for them because they're not the team that dicked over TSM. Sure. And... Team or an SK Telecom won it in I or I don't remember how many games they won it in, but they wound up knocking this team out. Actually, that was the semifinals they did that in, and all eyes were on that match. And then they played against Royal Club for the final, and they wound up shit stomping them. Um, but it was one of those things like when the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the World Series in. Uh, in the semifinals, and I forget which team they had to play afterward, but no one gave a shit. They were just all happy that they beat the Yankees. It was that moment, for except in video games. And that, I think, is if it wasn't for that scenario and that moment where all eyes were on SK Telecom and people were rooting for them, I don't actually know if League of Legends would be as big as it is today because of the story, the absolute David Goliath good and evil Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker story that was created that day. Um, Like the stars just absolutely aligned to create fans in that scenario. And I think that that was probably the best worlds because of the storyline. That said, this worlds, you have a lot of like, basically the rocks are a lot of the teams don't have those kinds of relationships with each other at the top. 
Um, North America sent Team Counterlogic Gaming, Cloud9, and uh, Team Solo Mid. Team Solo Mid and Counterlogic Gaming used to have a huge feud, but like none of the same players are on the teams anymore, so it's very hard to really care. And also now that both teams are... It's a bit more fun to root for it now because it used to be Team Solo Mid just won everything and CLG just sat in their shadow. But now Counterlogic Gaming has gotten good and they're now starting to actually like... the Watching a CLG TSM game is actually much more entertaining now because you don't know who's going to win. You used to know every time it's going to be T- Team Solo Mid, but now CLG's gotten good, so now it's actually entertaining to watch. Um, as far as the opening ceremony... Um, the opening ceremony was perfectly good. Um, again, I guess it goes back to season three worlds, the intro where they had, uh, Wes Borland from Limp Biscuit play for them, <laughs> but they turned it in like this crazy rock, rock mixed, um, orchestral thing. And they just got a whole bunch of live musicians and just had a lot of energy because it wasn't really a cover. It was kind of a new thing. Mm-hmm. It was just this like rock piece as opposed to most of the ambient music and video games is, is scores. And because of that, it's, you know, orchestral and it's atmospheric, but it's never like up in your face. This is a fucking rock track. Um, and I didn't get to watch enough to see if, you know, they played like Got Jinxed or some, or some of the more rocky stuff they have. But the season three one, like they fucking rocked, honestly. Um, and that one, I think, set it apart. This one had a lot of, uh, like, it was really cool getting to see the new platform where they have the players with the AR stuff, and they had the players partitioned off from, or the teams partitioned off from each other really well. Like, cheating was not feasible for these teams. There was no way for one of them to accidentally see a, sc- a screen they weren't supposed to. Um, they did a good job with that stuff. Um, so I'd say overall, I'd consider it really positive. I actually really enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, I want them to bring back, they did away with a while ago and they haven't really brought it back as much. They used to have one of those, you know how, when you watch football and John Madden draws on your screen, Yeah. they used to have that and you don't see it nearly as much anymore. And I wish they'd go back to using that thing. I know they have one. (laughs) No. So that, that's my, my takeaway, my wrap up on that. (laughs) No, it sounds it. (coughs) <coughs> that was extensive and I'm sure long overdue for all the other stuff I've put you through. Um, if you're not a fan <laughs> of League of Legends and you stuck through all that, thank you for doing so. Uh, there'll be less <laughs> League of Legends next week, I promise. I, I may ban Jeff from even saying the word Leagues of Legends. <laughs> That's going to be difficult because we're getting into preseason. The real shit's Shut up! Happen. You just talked about League of Legends for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ah, well, I think that about does it for us this week. But we do mm-hmm. have some email questions we got from some people. Woohoo! Before we close this out. Yes. Um, if you wish to contact us and tell us we suck or something like that, if you want to email us, you can reach us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. It's down in the show notes, I believe. It's, yeah, I said every week almost, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got one in from Britain from a guy named Russell. It's still good because it's absolutely awesome to have yeah. mail from people. We love it. We actually have a question about something I say all the time, too. So we'll get to that. So like I said, um, we got an email from a guy named Russell in Britain. Uh, he asked, what is Hello? the thing about the po- – we 
have YouTube. I checked the YouTube map and our distribution map. We have a surprisingly okay Eastern Europe following. Not as generous as our U.S. base, but still neat. It shows up on the map as like, yes, your top three sites neat. people view your stuff from is here. But hmm. yeah. What is the thing about the podcast or the recordings you guys do that's might surprise listeners or you two find funny in some way? I'm paraphrasing some. Something that we do about the podcast that people might find surprising? Uh, it's something that, like, because it's an audio... F I'm guessing based on the question, based on that's an audio format, something that doesn't come off that we do, or... Like, I I'm going to go with... I don't wear pants for the majority of the podcast we re uh, record. Like, I'm literally... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm literally sitting here on my couch like a kilt or something 90% of the time. <laughs> I mean, I should be taking this opportunity to be making stuff up. Like, no one knows that I actually podcast in a astronaut suit, um, albeit untrue. Uh, I was going to say, the thing that I wish I could convey to the audience through visual means or something that I can't really, and I have no plans of going uh, or turning this into a video podcast. Sure would be the degree to which Charlie's eyes roll back at his skull whenever I go off about something. That is probably lost in the audio format, yes. Yes. The, the exasperated yeah. looks you get out of me occasionally where it's like, ah, oh, this fucking idiot. Yep. Because I, I am not one to back down from bad ideas. If anything, I indulge them way more than I should. It's like... Jeff, or like last week, you were like talking to me about jump scares, and I talk about putting cats in my hallway. Like, the, the I deserve the looks I get. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, you don't get eye rolls for good things. I don't agree with you on. It's like, really, that's where he's going with this. Yep. Okay, idiot. <laughs> Let's see. I'm not. I'm not going to help you play this one out. You got into the hole. Get yourself the fuck out of it now. Oh, you want me to bail you out? No, no. <laughs> You fucking drown down there, bitch. <laughs> yep, so I say that's probably the most magical thing. Yeah. Um and if I wish I had more and this is all my fault of the uh the Jeff drunk cast that never happened cuz the record cuz I fucked up and lost most of the recording and I'll admit to that 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 was all me. Yeah. That'd been fun to share with people. Yeah. No. There may be a sequel coming that Charlie doesn't know about. Oh god. No, I called a, a any random Thursday. <laughs> Is 420 <laughs> happening on the podcast? Not for me, that's for sure. That'd be the funny part. It's like, yeah, it's 420. Neither of us smoke. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to add a funny thing I find funny, at least, is the amount of bumps you occasionally hear are greatly reduced from the number of ones I track down as part of the post-production stuff. Jeff is constantly, subconsciously bumping his table. Oh, Jeff has ADD and cannot sit still yeah, no, his it's, fucking life. There are some weeks where it's like, oh, I guess I was boring this week to Jeff. There's some thumping going on. <laughs> <laughs> is, that the, is that the drum solo from Hut for Teacher? <laughs> basically <laughs> so next up we well, got thank, thank, thank you for your email so next up we got one from Sam who lives in the part Whoa. of the US Charlie hates on all the time literally that's what the email had for a signature and <laughs> the question I, I'm, I, I have been spoiled with what this email contains none of the other ones and uh, I'm, I'm going to go with hat have at you. Oh, I left out I half of it. I'm letting you off the leash. <laughs> I left out half of it for you. 
Oh, oh, excellent. And, and his question is, seriously, why does Charlie hate on L.A. so much? Followed by, and why does Charlie claim Jeff lives in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> um, why does Charlie claim Jeff lives in the middle of nowhere? Because uh, he does. Char- I don't live in nowhere, nowhere. I live in, like, without revealing where I actually live. You live in um, a fairly rural part of New Hampshire. Like, yeah. the, the closest I, thing to you is kind of a freeway on-ramp. Oh, well, that's because I live next to the yeah. highway. The, um, I live in an area that's, like, a little oasis of what would be very, very, very lightly described as city in the smallest sense of it. And then the minute you get out of there, it's just woods. And for miles and miles, we're using the word city pretty loosely here. Like, no, I'm pretty bu- close to Maine, actually. Yeah, like, like <laughs> Jeff might be closer to like the Canadian border than some other major things you might think of, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so it's because of the uh, the large population of squirrels and trees where I live is where I get accused of living in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> No, and the reality is, as much as I make fun of L.A., I really don't living here that much. I have no plans to leave L.A. anytime soon. I just make fun of it because I live here, and I have a self-depreciating sense of humor. I Call it the Boston in you. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it, the reality is it's not where I grew up, so it's different. Like I, I, the, the honest-to-God things I make fun of all the time is Italian food fucking sucks here. I don't like Mexican food that much. Corn tortillas are trash. If you grew up with flour tortillas being the normal kind of thing. Like, I get it. I'm the weird one from being from the East Coast and thinking flour tortillas are the correct tortillas. But, like, the the coasts are very different in some ways. And I, I do occasionally miss some stuff from home that, like, it seems really dumb. But if you've, like, if you've never moved across the country or moved, like, even halfway across the country. And I mean, like, a big country. Like, if you live in one of those Balkan countries in Europe... Go a little farther, like maybe go across four <laughs> countries. Uh, it's just, it, stuff is very different. Like people in LA are very different. I, that being said, though, it's like, fun I, exploring the culture shock between demographics that are not that geographically far apart, but how, like, what's important on the East Coast and on the West Coast, like in something as small as food, can be really interesting. Honestly, yeah. well, like, like the dumber things, fun like, to explore. like dumber things like portions out here are weird like it's everything costs more in la than compared to the boston kind of thing and the food that you get out here often is more expensive for occasionally actually worse like there there are some things in la that are really bad like the way breakfast is handled out here it's either super douchey awesome or kind of meh there's no like just acceptable when it comes to food out here which is something i actually kind of miss a lot because the divide you have is this is fucking amazing or yeah i regret paying for this mm-hmm. no it's la is a city of extremes i guess would be the phrase i always use and as a result my leanings are to just fucking hate on la because I, if i live back in boston or where jeff was i'd hate on it just as much where it's like it's where i live meaning all my aggravations are from living there and at the same time like it takes eight hours on a plane not, maybe not eight, like five or six, to get home and see my family and friends I grew up around. Like, it's there are some things that definitely suck being across the country from where I grew up. 
Also, I'm sure if he lived here, he'd be complaining about Boston instead. Oh, yeah, no, it, it's... If I lived in Boston, it'd be like, you know what fucking sucks? How much I have to care about the Celtics. <laughs> you know what fucking sucks? Traffic. <laughs> no, not compared to... Or actually, you didn't move away from the traffic. You moved into it. You moved it. to worse traffic. Uh, I moved to a yeah. place where you have Carmageddon happen every once in a while. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so but I haven't heard about frequent or any time recently about any of your tunnels dropping cinder blocks on <laughs> passersby. We don't have tunnels because of the seismic yeah. zone stuff. I get you. Oh, I know. It's yay the big dig. Yeah, <laughs> I like the big dig personally. There's a certain like Bostonness to the big dig where it's like, oh, you, you want a convenient addition to the city? Fuck you. No, fuck you. No, fuck you. Secretly, Boston's greatest accomplishment, the big dig. Finding a way what? to keep tourists from getting into downtown easily. <laughs> Obstru- or destroying public transit. Yay, the big dig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, in summer, I really don't hate L.A. that much. I just like making fun of it because it's a constant source of amusement. And oh, there's some weird-ass shit happens out here yeah. that just wouldn't happen back east. So, Anecdote. There is a dog my family babysits for that okay. I'm not especially... My mom's a veterinarian, so every time someone leaves town, hey, you like dogs, take this one. Uh. So this one I make fun of an especially large amount for being very dumb because this dog shat in its own food bowl with food in it. Nice. Which is pretty much the lowest standard of things that any griven creature can understand. Yeah. And I call this dog dumb all day long while petting it and being super nice to it. And my extra friend made the pausing observation... You know, you're awfully nice to that dog for how much you drag, and I'm like, well, of course, I'm not a monster. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's a very similar scenario with you. Yeah, and like the the reality is, it's the like a, I I am not a ha- glass half full or glass half empty kind of person. It's like this is the reality I live in. I choose to make fun of it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, if an afterlife exists, if it's heaven esque kind of thing, I will get there and go, man, the afterlife is the worst. But it's paradise. It's too paradise. The worst. <laughs> I, I am never you may happy. have to meet your pagan deity and see what how that. Plays oh, I, out. I hope that happens. Like, yeah. So I'm. Uh, we're we're in a Starbucks. I'm here for my uh, pagan deity review. A Starbucks, <laughs> really, man? Well, you're supposed to go to the equivalent of hell. So we're starting you off. Oh, I guess this works then. Fucking Starbucks. <laughs> Oh, God. So we have one last question, and this kind of plays off. I was thank just you for your email. About. Yes, thank you for your email. It's from Emmanuel, no location given, sadly. Uh, we like knowing our people right into us from. Why does Charlie always say, tell us we suck when he mentions the email address? <laughs> I, I guess that's just the anticipation. <laughs> no, it's, again, I have a very self-depreciating sense of humor i was raised on the idea that if you can't laugh at yourself and can't make fun of yourself some maybe you shouldn't be allowed to make fun of other people like i me and jeff rag on each other all the time as you may have learned and Mm. i just happen to rag on him more when we're recording he fires all the time (laughs) back though in real life oh or the thing is is if or (laughs) I have been surrounded by people throughout my entire life that it's always an ongoing personality test. And yeah. it's if you don't stand up to them, they honestly are saddened. Like, I remember 
I can remember people throughout my life that would say absolutely horrific things, usually involving goats petting zoos and sexual assault arrests about yeah. other people. And he wasn't expecting you to, like, feel bad about it. He wanted you to say something equally bad back to him. Yeah. Like... For reference, I come from half of my family is we fled Europe Jewish, meaning you have relatives that will say things like, oh, you had a bad day? Yeah, I had a bad day the time the Nazis killed my brother. And you're like, fuck you for bringing that up again. <laughs> so you have to learn to laugh at yourself in my family. And <laughs> I, it's... I. If you don't, others will. <laughs> exactly. And it's one of those things where kind of like it's this, I know... It, me and Jeff are super thankful for the questions because that means someone's listening to us. And I, if there's one thing I've learned through the YouTube and stuff like that, people seem to comment more when they're angry at you or something. So I open the door for people to be like, you fucking suck. And I'd be like, but you still emailed us, sucker. <laughs> That's 10 seconds <laughs> my... of your life I stole. Oh, wait, no. This is the perfect opportunity for us to seem omnipotent like we actually know what we're doing. See, it was just a blatant use of reverse psychology. Really, we're just fishing for compliments in the worst way we know how. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with compliments. Despite, despite everything we said, I, I actually have very low self-esteem, and I need people to tell me I'm pretty all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Emmanuel, if you're all worried about me and Jeff's esteem levels, don't. <laughs> we're perfectly well not perfectly but well adjusted enough individuals we have normal to occasionally probably too high self-esteems for who Say, we are if mine ever gets too high charlie beats me again yeah i, I am the i'm the esteem check for many of my friends which like oh you think you're doing good yeah fuck you no you're not <laughs> i am the anchor that drags people death down to reality oh, that's cool you did that what if it kills someone why would you ask that? You're thinking about it now, ain't you? Ain't you? I like how we can't get through this question on self-deprecating humor without making self-deprecating remarks. <laughs> Proof in point. I know. I think I'm an addict. I think I, I need to go to rehab for this. It's just our sense of humor. If We assume if you're listening to the podcast at this point, you're kind of used to... I, like, I am overly negative about stuff, and me and Jeff rag on each other. I don't see that changing any time like imagine how weird it would be if i was super positive about the division where it's like yeah i believe in this flaming dumpster fire of a game <laughs> everything for it's going wrong but i think developers and publishers are out there for us consumers they only take our money because they have to pay people to make the games it's obviously not a cash grab of any kind <laughs> free to play isn't highway robbery it's for us the gamers to express how much we love a game <laughs> league of oh legends isn't a giant money pit ea doesn't want your money they're only forced to take it exactly <laughs> someone's, just, um, someone's it's hard not to use the word ea and not imagine just the gelatinous amoeba creature <laughs> those poor just souls at ea money. having their families held hostage being forced to charge us money for their games. Deep down, I know they just want to give away their products, but because of the hostage threats, they have to charge us for stuff. <laughs> yeah, imagine how creepy that would be if that was me every podcast. <laughs> oh my god. I mean... Whenever opposite day is, whenever the fuck that is, I do want to see you come in and praise the division now. And like I, the I, like low standard if, you'd have to set like now the division, it really is a good game. It didn't set my cat on fire. 
Like, look at it go. It's doing so much good in the community by not tearing people's throats out. Like, okay, I don't know so how much lower joke, I need to set this bar. You joke, but I think I've talked about a video game on the podcast by PC being like, so the good things, it didn't stab me in the eye when I played it. <laughs> it, it, to- it was not actively armed. Yeah. Malicious code was not contained in the contained with it. it I guess this is enough. It didn't make me watch it. Fuck it, my girlfriend. Ten out of ten. <laughs> oh my god! I, yeah. <laughs> no, it's if the division ever turns around and becomes a functional game again. Like I had highish hopes for that game. They just fell short. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, I paid money for it. I, I'm a strong believer. If I paid to see something, I get to make fun of it. It's why if I make fun of something enough, I go play it or I go watch it or I go listen to it. Like I have made myself listen to Nickelback because I rag on Nickelback that much. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep, that was that 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 was terrible. But I now can do this. I've paid my toll. But yeah, that, that does it for our questions. Um, if you wish to contact us and send us a question. And thank you for your letter. Yeah. All three of you. Yes, thank you. If you wish to contact us, we can be reached at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. We would love to answer more questions. Or if you can tell us we suck or whatever. But we'll take <laughs> mail either way. It's fun to read it. But yeah, that's that about does it for us. We are the Wicked Awesome Cast, a, the official podcast. The official Unlike those weird spin-off <laughs> podcasts I've been starting to kind of drum up support for us of something we could studios. <laughs> yes, I run the five something we could studios fan casts. They're all just repostings of the Wicked Awesome cast with a laugh track added to them. <laughs> I now kinda wanna do and that. And the word Jeff replaced with douchebag. No, artificially, of course. No, no, our <laughs> listeners understand that Jeff is already synonymous for douchebag. <laughs> in the big book of synonymous stuff, it's right in there. <laughs> Synonyms, that's the word I was looking for. Person who forgets word. Uh, a Charlie. A Charlie. But yeah, we have YouTube content. Um, we put up a kind of weird thing for us the other day. It's uh, expect more stuff from Indiecade, probably. Assuming I can the, get in contact with was people. The uh, mediocre adventures of Sarah Brown. Uh, the average is? adventures of Sarah Brown. But yeah, yes. I, I cut Jim. That's it. That one was awesome. Yeah, I cut Jim loose on the kind of shrinky stuff because, well, well, he's also he's a kind of a redneck from Oklahoma. <laughs> he's also actually a shrink, so we have fun with it. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, check it out if you want. We have more stuff. I I will get the Indiecade video up soon. I. I have been bad with work, so edits are slow to happen. Editing will occur. Hopefully the schedule will be back. We've been bad at recording, so thank you with bearing with us. Uh, If you're listening to this, there's a chance a stream may happen sometime during the week this is being... This goes up. Keep an eye out for that. I'll put it on Twitter and Facebook, but yeah. Oh, yeah, also, by the time you're hearing this, the official Extra Life event will have happened. If you want to donate some money, regardless of how much, go check out the Extra Life stuff. It's in the show notes. Uh, there's a link to it, etc., etc. We will be doing a stream for that at some point in the future once we all get organized. Probably in December because November kind of sucks for all of us. Jeff will not mm-hmm. be there, but he may be there in spirit and or avatar. Or in a box. Mm-hmm. I may make him sit through the entire thing in a box. <laughs> I'll just be like a little kid in my cardboard fort. And Jeff plays ADD, the game, as he goes <laughs> the insane. The life. Yeah. 
That about does it, I think. Um, you want to take us out, Jeff? Say, I got to do it last week. Would you like it? Sure, cue the metal. Cue the metal.